Welcome back, listener, to Discussing Marvel, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier after show. I am your host, Irving, along with... Your other host, Eddie. And today, we are discussing what could possibly be the longest episode ever to be released for a Marvel TV show, because they finally gave us the Simo cut, Eddie. So right off the bat, what are your first impressions of the Simo cut? <laughs> I loved it. I saw Disney Plus Instagram post it and I messaged you right away that they gave the fans what they demanded and yeah, it was the sequel cut and it was just him dancing for for a good time. <laughs> Yeah, when you're like, hey, they released a Simo cut, I'm like, what are you talking about? So I ended up going on YouTube, and it was a full hour of him (laughs) dancing. And it just lets you know that they know exactly who the target audience is. Mm -hmm. It's not the John Walker fans. It is the Simo fans. Yes. That's who they're catering to. And I'm glad they're listening. But in all seriousness, I think that was such a genius marketing move for them to have fun with Simo mm-hmm. and the Simo cut. And I think it's because they listen to our podcast. And I hope that's not true because I don't want to get sued. <laughs> 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 but today we are going to be discussing episode four titled The Whole World is Watching. And the official synopsis of the episode is John Walker loses patience with Sam and Bucky as they learn more about Carly Morgenthau. And Eddie, what are your first impressions of this very traumatic episode? Well, like the title states, the whole world is watching, and now with camera phones at your fingertips, you can record anything and instantly go viral online. So I'm excited what's going to come next after this traumatic episode but overall it was a good episode it it left me wanting more because of course we saw people from Wakanda in this episode and seen different superheroes kind of is what we wanted I guess in one division and we really didn't get. <laughs> so it was nice getting that little those little cameos. Yeah. What about you? I love this episode. It was very traumatic, but it reminds me of you know how we love Disney Channel stars and they have this cute bubblegum image. And yeah, sometimes they'll do something a little edgy, a little controversy here, but it gets to the point where they want to establish I'm an adult now, so they do like a crazy music video or they release a really crazy adult album. I feel like this episode was that turning point for the MCU. Yes. It really did feel like, all right, guys, many of our fans have grown with us and they are now older and we can tell more traumatic stories. I mean, let's be honest, Endgame was pretty traumatic on its own and Infinity War, but this was like more grounded level of violence 
that is a lot scarier than, let's say, space dogs. And I bring up space dogs a lot, but it's like the most like ridiculous thing to fight is just space dogs. Yeah, because that can happen in real life and space dogs are not real. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I really feel that this was like the turning point for the MCU. And I hope we see more of this because the more I read the comics, as you know, I'm not someone that grew up reading the comics so i'm just starting to get into it the comics are pretty graphic mm-hmm. so it's funny seeing jeff telling me after we watched the episode going uh if i had kids i don't think i'd want them watching this and i said what's well, pg-13 yeah like they already set an age gap if you're letting someone younger go in you're kind of already gambling on what they might see and we know we keep pushing the bar on what's acceptable but yeah i love this episode and i can't wait to see where it goes from here. And now that we're caught up with our first impressions, let's take it from the top. We open the episode six years earlier in Wakanda, with Ayo and Bucky outside the city. And we know that the minute you start hearing that soundtrack, we know that it was going to be good. Yeah. And we see that she is doing the final test of his rehabilitation. And she starts to mention Bucky's activation words. And he's not very sure of himself. And I love that she reassures him that she's not going to let him hurt anyone. Because she knows his concern isn't about his mm-hmm. well-being, it's about the people around him. Yeah. And as she says the words, he kind of gets flashes because he let us know that he remembers all of them. So it was cool to be able to see into his mind of what that is. And it worked. As Ayo put it, You are free. And I think this is one of the most beautiful things I've seen in the MCU. Yeah, because you just see him get so, like, emotional and, like, a lot of weight lifted off his shoulders because, yeah, he experienced all this trauma and killing. He didn't have control over it. But now he can kind of start a new life. Yeah, and the fact that he even looked back at her the first time she said it, almost like not believing, and she reassured him that he is free. And even she looked like she was very proud and emotional with him. Yeah. But the warm fuzziness could only last so long, and we cut right back to the present time, and we see them both in the street where we left them. And Bucky tries to tell Ayo that Simo is just a means to an end. And Ayo reminds him of everything that they did for him in Wakanda. How they got rid of that super soldier mentality like rotten fur. Yeah, and I love that she calls him White Wolf. (laughs) So cool. Yeah, she essentially saying we adopted you and we fixed you. And she brings up that Simo is responsible for King T'Chaka's death. 
and how that was like the lowest point for the Jojo Malaji. So for him to release that person responsible for that almost felt like a slap in the face. Yeah, and I feel like that's why she's there. That's why they're there to get Zemo because (laughs) he killed their king and now he's free. And even though Bucky is using Zemo, he could have just mentioned to them like, hey, he has information I need. This is what I'm doing, but... Yeah, like, hey, do you guys have, like, some kind of tracking thing we can put on him that he won't be able to take off so we could, like, safely release him? Like, they Mm -hmm. would have helped. Yeah. So Ayo decides to give them eight hours. And after that, they will come for Simo. And she is truly a badass. She is. (laughs) Uh, Bucky then tells Sam and Simo that they have Wakanda on their tails along with learning about the attack from the Flag Smashers from the episode before. And that's when Simo brings up supremacist ideals. I have the will to complete this mission. Do the two of you. She's just a kid. You're seeing something in her that isn't there. You're clouded by it. She's a supremacist. The very concept of a super soldier will always trouble people. That warped aspiration that led to Nazis, to Ultron, to the Avengers. Hey, those aren't friends you're talking about. The Avengers, not the Nazis. So Carly is radicalized, but there has to be a peaceful way to stop her. The desire to become a superhuman cannot be separated from supremacist ideals. Anyone with that serum is inherently on that path. She will not stop. She will escalate until you kill her. Or she kills you. Maybe you're wrong, Zemo. The serum never corrupted Steve. Touché. But there has never been another Steve Rogers, has there? That was an interesting way of bringing up supremacy. Because most of us are only familiar with the word when it comes to white supremacy. Mm-hmm. But not really in other supremacy ideals like how Simo put it, where even just wanting to be stronger than your fellow men is wanting to be supreme. Yes, so. and it's true, and it's true though. <laughs> and he makes a good point. And that's why Steve Rogers was the perfect Captain America because he didn't. He was willing to jump in front of a grenade for his troops to save them. Yeah, and it's not like he really knew exactly what he was getting himself into. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Bucky had a form of serum implanted in him, but it wasn't willingly. He didn't willingly look out for it. So it's true. It's when people are willingly looking for a way to become above their fellow men, that is a form of supremacy. In a way, he's right about what he's saying. But at the back of my mind, I'm like, you're also a very wealthy, rich person telling me this. So don't you have supremacy ideals as well? Seeing the world through the lens of a rich person? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sam brings up Doña's funeral. And how it's probably going to be a very big event. So they should start there. We see that the Flag Smashers are hearing news reports about their attack. And how the world is quickly trying to bring up regular borders again. And again, this felt like 
another cut due to the cut subplot of the show because they're just like standing around and they're very disconnected from each other and there's not really a conversation about what they just did or what the countries are really doing but it is interesting to know that all they really did was move what they're fighting against on a quicker track to actually being put in place. Mm -hmm. Simo, Bucky, and Sam show up at one of the camps and Simo brings up the fact that it's a shame of what happened to this place because they used to have such fabulous dinners and parties here. And like I said earlier, this is such a rich guy talking point. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Where he's like, oh, this place used to be beautiful until all these people moved here. Yeah. And I'm like, Simo, you got money. If you want this place to be back, pay to get them put somewhere nicer then. Mm-hmm. Invest. That's yeah. what rich people do. <laughs> <laughs> they decide to split up to try to get information, but no luck. Nobody is willing to talk to Sam or Bucky. And Sam learns that the GRC has not been sending the help that they have been promising for six months. And I love that the teacher tells Sam, we're not refugees, for we have nothing to seek refuge from. They are internationally displaced persons. And at first I was like, okay, I get it. You're, you went to a different country because countries were coming together and everybody was helping each other out. But five years is a big difference. You could have been a teenager in your home country and lost your entire family. And now you have to go wherever there's people going. So you mm-hmm. could. So even though it was only five years, if you're a young person that went through that, that could have been most of your life in a new country. And now they're telling you to get out. Yeah. And Sam tries to say that he could call some people and try to get them help. But even though they know who he is, they can't trust him and i just think it's funny that once again sam is kind of trying to say hey i know some people that can help and it's like you can't even get a home loan yeah back home do you really think that they're going to help you when it comes to helping other people yeah i i don't think he knows he doesn't have that much way (laughs) well i don't think it's that he doesn't know i think it's that he wants to believe he still does but let's be honest the only reason why Steve had any pull was because the government felt ownership of him as a super soldier. So they kind of wanted to keep him happy. Mm -hmm. And the only reason that Tony had any pull is because he had money. Yeah. Well, and same thing with Captain America is because he was a super soldier and he had super soldier serum. So they wanted to keep him happy because (laughs) they didn't want him to turn out crazy and start killing people (laughs) yeah true (laughs) but you know who did have luck simo simo ended up bringing turkish delight which i've never had i don't even know what it is have you ever had turkish delight (laughs) i haven't but it's a candy that i hear often from europe (laughs) okay we're going to have to try it to see if it's if it lives up to the height that Simo yeah puts it in. It sounds good. Anything with delight. <laughs> <laughs> and he decides to give it to the children and that's how he gets information on the funeral. But he tells the little girl not to trust Sam and Bucky 
because they are very bad men. And Simo is being a very bad, bad boy Simo. Yes, he's being very conniving, I guess. Keeping information to himself. (laughs) Well, I think it's because he knows that once they get to that end point, he's going back to jail. Yeah. Back at the hideout, Sam mentions how borders basically came down during the blip. So, of course, people are going to support Carly. Because once everyone came back, these governments were like, okay, everybody out. Thank you for coming. Thank you for helping us rebuild. But we don't need you anymore. Bye. So I could see why that's like a huge problem. Yeah. But I also understand that point of view, too, because you have to now take care of these people that have been gone for five years. And it's kind of like what we're doing right now during this pandemic is making sure everyone in the United States gets vaccinated before we try to help any other country. Our people first. (laughs) Yeah, but also our people were like very problematic and could have helped. Stop it. Yes, yes, I know. I know. So yes. (laughs) Don't even get me started with that. (laughs) No, so yes, it is a very difficult situation that these governments are dealing with but i just think it's funny that they mentioned that when it came to supplies we haven't heard from them in six months but when it came to showing up with guns and arresting people they were here in a heartbeat yeah so i think the perception of the help and the perception of the organization plays a huge role in this and even Mm -hmm. with these characters like the perception that people have on them influences their actions Simo mentions that the funeral is this afternoon, but he won't give up any further information because he wants to have some leverage. And Bucky is not having it. He takes that teacup right out of his hand. He smashes up against the wall. And Simo's like, are we going to kiss right now? I know. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's turning me on. (laughs) But that was crazy. I was like, oh, man. Bucky is really uh, leaning into that dark side. Mm -hmm. And it's a good thing because Bucky is a great character. So he just needs to lean into that more. Yeah. Sam decides to call Sharon and asks if she can help by being the eye in the sky with satellites. And she says, yeah, I can do that. She also lets him know that the power broker went apeshit when he found out about Nagel's death, so they better find Carly. And it's funny seeing how comfortable she is walking around Mandrapore. Yes, because... I found that very interesting and in how much, I guess, power she has or how much trust the power broker might have on her or who knows, she might be the power broker. We don't know. <laughs> no, she's not the power broker. But <laughs> dealing in the world of art, it's a very expensive thing because they're not, she's not selling anything that's needed. She's selling things that are for people with disposable money. Mm -hmm. So that is a huge industry. So I'm pretty sure that the power broker trusts her enough to let her run this in Mandrapore because if he really does run this town, 
he knows everyone that's doing business around that yeah. area. So she's just one of those, probably like an oligarch kind of mm-hmm. thing where she does business with the power broker. She's familiar with the power broker. She probably has a trust of the power broker to an extent because we know that usually people in these positions don't trust anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, look at Shelby. She was very cautious about dealing with Simo, even though she knows him. Yeah. So it's probably that kind of relationship. We cut to Carly and Nico retrieving the rest of the super soldier serum because she wants to make more soldiers. And to be honest, I was hoping it was going to be some kind of underground crypt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we learned that Nico was a Captain America fan growing up and brings up how things are not black and white today and that today's heroes don't have the luxury to keep their hands clean. So it's going to be really interesting how all that comes into play by the end of this episode. Yeah, and man, all these eye candies in this show. <laughs> <laughs> I texted you and I'm just like, man, they just have a lot of attractive people on the show this time around. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? Ugly people need representation, too. I want to see someone like me on this show. We have Agent Torres. Okay, Eddie, like, Agent Torres looks nothing like me. (laughs) He is what you see online. I am the version you buy off of Wish. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, they do have a lot of very beautiful people beating each other up in this show. And even Carly mentions that 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 shield doesn't represent everybody and how it shields people from the entire history of that shield and that it should be destroyed. Mm-hmm. And we, yeah, which, we talked about it before already too. Which is interesting considering that the shield is also kind of like a stand-in for the American flag when it comes to the Captain America character. Mm-hmm. We get John Walker and Lamar finally showing up and John is extremely hot and angry, but mostly and, angry. <laughs> yeah, and I don't know about that facial facial hair. <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing that I was trying to figure out is he looks really good when he's completely clean shaven because he doesn't have the facial structure to handle the facial hair when everything else is covered. Yeah. Because I think that even Chris Evans might have looked a little weird if he would have had his helmet when he had the beard. Like, that would have completely just swallowed his entire face. Yeah. Which we're actually going to see in Black Widow because whatever his name is has a hat and he has a long beard. And it does. It kind of makes his head look a lot smaller. Mm -hmm. And he needs to calm down. But he's under a lot of pressure and he's very stressed. He's just having a very bad day. I'm being sarcastic, Eddie. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't don't care. Don't look at me like that. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't care. He is not my Captain America. (laughs) You had the look of, is this man really defending him right now? (laughs) (laughs) Sam mentions that they can reason with Carly, but John does not want to. He just wants to go in, get the job done, and get out. But luckily, Lamar agrees with Sam. And one thing that 
it's really not too obvious, but it's kind of strange is that John has these nervous tics throughout this episode. Like his head twitches or his hand twitches. He's consistently touching his head and like rubbing his eyes. So it's, I don't know if it's just his mental state is just getting the best of him or if he has like physical or neurological trauma from oh, just yeah. being a soldier. Yeah, PTSD, and he mentions that they were in Afghanistan, and they did a lot of missions and probably saw a lot of death. So it's it's understandable that he has those twitches and tics and overwhelmed so easily. So, yeah. They get to the funeral, and Sam decides to go in alone to talk with Carly. And John decides to handcuff Simo. And this is starting to look like a party. And I didn't get an invitation. Yeah, we did <laughs> not get no invite, Betty. They're like, you must be this tall and this hot to come in. <laughs> <laughs> Sam finally gets a chance to talk to Carly. And we learned that they really did just kick people out of homes. Which is interesting considering how many vacant homes we have in America right now with the entire population. So it's just interesting to know that I'm sure there was a lot of death right after the blip because of just the unstableness of society. That even with everyone coming back, I'm sure that they weren't that far up the population. Like, I don't think it was just like, oh, now the population's at 150% capacity compared to the 100% capacity we had before the blip. Yeah, and I feel like it was such a traumatic event that people just needed like, okay, let's get our life together. No kids. Let's yeah, <laughs> let's survive this. <laughs> I mean, we saw that in Endgame that when Cap's hosting a therapy session, they're mentioning about how they some people are barely starting to want to go out on a date. Mm-hmm. So I don't think people were creating babies like crazy throughout those five years. So it really was just like, um, yeah, no, sweetie, like we're not going to give you a free house. Get out. Yeah. Since Sam is taking a longer than John Walker would like, he decides to go in and he does this little chest pump thing before walking in. It's like he's trying to build himself up. Yeah. I feel like. I sometimes annoy Jeff when it comes to masculinity talks and toxic masculinity. And I told him, I think the reason why I pick up on what I consider toxic masculinity traits is because as someone that was never masculine since a young age, I pick up on things people consistently told me I was lacking. So it's easy for me to pick up these small little details that men do because my entire life I was told that I wasn't doing those. Yeah, that's true. And it's such a small detail to just do that little chest bump, but that is like such a, just a, uh, okay, I need to make sure that I'm coming in as like the big man in the room. Mm -hmm. So the acting that Wyatt Russell is doing in this show is just amazing. Like the body language, everything about him is just great. I hate the character. I love this actor. Yeah. That's what I want from my villains. I want to hate them. I don't want to idolize them. Even though I idolize most of my villains, but this one's different. (laughs) (laughs) 
I idolize villains that have magical powers because they don't exist. A man like Jaya Walker does exist, so I don't yeah. idolize him. Yes. And that's when we see Sam talk to Carly about supremacy. You're a supremacist. Me? Yeah. That's ridiculous. Everything I do is to end supremacy. These corporations and the beasts who run them, they're the supremacists. So, let me ask you. You have more serum, right? So? Are you going to increase your army? You're killing innocent people. They're not innocent. They're roadblocks in my journey and I'll kill them again if I have to. Wow. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. You tricked me into sounding like... Like what? The people I'm fighting are trying to take your home, Sam. Why are you here instead of stopping them? And my sister's waiting for that exact same answer. I'm not your enemy. I agree with your fight. I just can't give it the way you're fighting it. This conversation felt so forced. Yeah. <laughs> like, there is no way Carly would have fallen into that trap to give that answer mm -hmm. in real life. I don't know, maybe. But it just felt like, what? That answer didn't make any sense. Yeah. Because isn't the GRC also killing innocent people by not providing the supplies that they're just sitting in warehouse? So why isn't Sam going in there and, like, fighting them, saying, you're killing innocent people, give them the supplies? Mm -hmm. It always feels like, oh, you're always, you're, you guys are going about this the wrong way. And it's like, well, what is the right way that gets results? Yeah, what are you doing to fix the problem? <laughs> Yeah, it's like you couldn't get a loan, and your way to do it was, I guess I'll just go and beg other banks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Instead of going up to, like, the government and be like, hey, I fought for this planet. Why can't I get a loan? Exactly, yeah. But I love how Sam talks to her, though, because she brings up the fact that he kind of lives in an ideal world in his head, and she doesn't know whether to believe that he believes that or not. Mm -hmm. But I think it's because he wants to live his life with the ideals that he feels that we can all live by. And that's why we love him. Yeah. Like Sam truly is coming into his own as the voice of reason, which is what the Avengers needs is having that one hero that always is that voice. Mm -hmm. And Buggy can just be the brute force. Like, they can both play their their roles pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> and that's when John walks in, ruining everything, and we get some pretty good action. Yeah. It was exciting and intense, and I was here for it. <laughs> and we see that Simo broke out of those handcuffs. So I wonder if he learned the same trick that Jimmy Wu learned to get out of handcuffs. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and we see that Simo actually ends up shooting Carly, making her drop the serum. And he starts to smash them. And I saw this coming. Did you mm -hmm. see this coming? Like you could just, yep. we knew this was coming, that he wasn't going to be able to finish them all. And he doesn't because he gets a shield to the face. Yeah. 
And John notices the serum on the floor and he sees all his problems disappear with this little tiny bottle. Mm-hmm. And and uh, that look in his eyes is just like <laughs> evil. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Like if this was a traditional Disney movie, this is when he was singing his villain song. Yes. <laughs> We see that the power broker texts Carly, letting her know that he will end her. So she decides that they're going to separate the team so they can kill Captain America because she really doesn't want to harm Sam. Mm -hmm. Because she sees Sam as a pawn being used. More than Sam sees himself as a pawn being used. Yeah. We cut back to the hideout. Which is a very nice hideout for Sam, Bucky, and Simo. Like, it clearly shows you that Simo's got the money. Yeah. Simo asks Sam if he was ever offered the serum, and he says no. So then he asks him, if you were to be offered the serum, would you take it? And he says no real quickly, which lets mm-hmm. you know that that's why he's the perfect candidate for the serum, because he said no to it. <laughs> yes. And we're in the shield, too. Yeah. And to be the next Captain America. <laughs> Eddie, would you take the serum? No. Oh, you wouldn't? No. Oh. <laughs> I wouldn't because <laughs> I feel like power and money just causes more problems. And it's just, I don't want to deal with that. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Oh, I would take it in a heartbeat. (laughs) I would take it in a heartbeat. You know why? Because I'm already sad, depressed, but at least I would have muscles. (laughs) 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 Because in today's society, if you don't look like a specific way, you don't get many views on TikTok. So you know what? Take that serum, get that body. I could put in half the work and get like five times the views. Like, Mm. it's just easier. (laughs) Life just becomes easier. Yes. As a little gay boy, I've learned how to handle my emotions. I've learned how to suppress things deep down. So I don't think this serum would make me go crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But luckily for everybody, that serum is not real. So we have nothing to worry about yet. I'm sure Elon Musk is, like, somewhere out there trying to figure out how to do it. Yeah. And he's taking his people to Mars so they can go live their days out there. Yeah, he probably needs super soldiers in Mars so that he doesn't have to take equipment. Yes. But even Bucky agrees that there's something off about Walker. So everyone's noticing that he's just being probably more of an awful person than usual. Yeah. Like the term people use, a loose cannon. <laughs> yeah. He's all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I I classify myself as a glass cannon. I am very strong, but I shatter easily. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, speak of the devil and the devil comes. That's when Walker walks in through the door and he's like, all right, that's it. I'm done doing things your way. We're going to do things my way. Even though your way is working, it's not making me look good. 
So we're doing yeah. it my way now. And he tries to take Simo, and then he basically does that whole chest bump trying to challenge Sam mano a mano. The nerves of this man. Because we've seen him fight super soldiers. And he's probably the most competent at fighting super soldiers out of everyone on this team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he gets his butt kicked. But he holds himself longer than most other people. Considering all he has is mechanical wings. Yeah. And someone brought up the fact that he was probably trained by Captain. So he's had a lot of practice fighting a super soldier without having to really worry about being killed. Yes. This is when we get the most iconic scene in the whole show, and that is the Dora Milaje coming in to collect Simo, and I'm sure uh, Walker has no idea who they are, and he decides to have the audacity of being disrespectful to them, and it costs him. Because we get probably one of the coolest fights in a tight area. Yes. Because they have such a unique fighting style. And they fight together, which is what makes them very strong. And one of the best lines has, has been, uh, should we do something? Looking good, John. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. He doesn't want to help. He wants to be like, hey, you know what? He started this. He can deal with the consequences of thinking that he can totally win here. Yeah. But Bucky decides to join in because he knows he's probably going to get killed if he doesn't. And that's when Simo makes his graceful exit. And then to a very shocking moment where Ayo does a little tapa 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 on Bucky and his arm falls off. And he kind of gave her a look. Mm -hmm. So what do you think was going through his head at that moment? Well, I feel like he obviously didn't know that they had the power to just disarm him like that. And mm -hmm. now he probably feels like, shit, they, I... Definitely screwed up, and I let them down, and I'm just going to be someone left off the road. And he, I feel like he's just very disappointed in himself for not going to them before having an escape plan for Zemo, so. Yeah, because at first people were analyzing that oh this is showing him that they had to put a fail safe because even they still didn't trust him so the only person that trusted him was Steve and I get that but I also saw like how you did was they gave me this arm and they can take it away and I let them down they invested time and energy and good faith to fix me like they really didn't have to do any of this and as easily as they gave it to me they can completely take it away in an instant because mm -hmm. she even calls him james at that moment it's almost like the arm is what makes you the white wolf and we can take that away from you and you can be james real quickly yeah 
So yeah, he probably did feel shame because they're very capable and they probably would have gotten a lot more done if he would have just gone for help. Mm-hmm. So the Dormilaji leave because Simo's gone and Walker is like, they weren't even super soldiers. Like, sweetie, they swept the floor with everyone. Mm-hmm. Like, even Bucky got his arm handed to him. But he's, like, so self-centered on me. And I lost. And I'm not good enough for this role. So are they aware of how many times Steve Rogers got his ass kicked? Do they just assume that everywhere he went, he won, like, in three seconds? No, because they don't show that in the media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I was trying to figure out. It's like, so you guys, like, really didn't do any research on the life of Steve and talk to people that knew him and figure out how did the missions go and how did he think? And if you're trying to fill in these shoes for someone, wouldn't you want to know exactly how it all went down? But it really does feel like they're just going based off the image that they all built in their heads. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is the moment where he's like, I'm taking that serum. Because I'm yeah. tired of feeling like this. It just feels like he's just very self-centered. Because he knows he's disposable since he doesn't have the super soldier serum. If he doesn't do a good job, they'll just replace him with a new guy. Yeah. So we see John and Lamar talking and these two girls walk up to Walker and they ask for his autograph and they have like this funny little interaction about how long until that gets old. And John's like, oh, you're just jealous because they didn't want your autograph. (laughs) And you're like, well, they didn't want Ant-Man's autograph either. And we still love him. That has nothing to do with it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I saw someone say, the Avengers were superheroes that became celebrities. John Walker is a celebrity trying to become a superhero. Yes. <laughs> and it's true. And it, it is very true. And then we see John ask Lamar if he would take the serum if he could. Be worried about how it might, how it might change you. I mean... Power just makes a person more of themselves, right? Carly Morgenthau, Steve Rogers. And me? You already have three medals of honor. You consistently make the right decisions in the heat of battle. Yep. Three badges of excellence to make sure I never forget the worst day of my life. We both know that the things that we had to do in Afghanistan to be awarded those medals felt a long way from being right. Being capped is the first time I've had the chance to do something that actually feels right. God, imagine how many lives we could have saved that day if we had that, Sarah. I know. It really feels like John just uses Lamar as his conscience. Mm-hmm. because like throughout the entire series so far Lamar has kind of been like the voice of reason to John Walker yeah and he's not always going to be around so you need to be able to make your own decisions that are 
morally right on your own without the input of others. Like Steve, he had a moral compass and he followed it and he would listen to other people, but he didn't always just wait for someone to validate his feelings. Yeah. I mean, even Vision and Civil War told them, Captain Rogers, I know you feel like you're doing the right thing, but for the good of, for the better good, like you need to stop. And he's like, no. I miss Vision. I know. <laughs> oh. <laughs> like in real life, I just keep losing the men I look up to. so do you think he took the serum already at this point or is this like the final push before taking the serum i think it was the final push because he like you said he's using lamar as his conscience that when he asked him if he would take the serum and kind of wanted to get his opinion on it so but i feel like he was going to take it anyways that he just needed confirmation because yeah. all, we we know that he just wants power and glory because he mentions Afghanistan. He's mentioned the medals he's gotten and he's mentioned all the trauma that he had to deal with to get those medals. Yeah. And we also learned that according to them, they did some pretty awful things in order to be awarded those medals. So he knows that there is a price to pay for glory. Mm -hmm. But even he doesn't feel like those medals were like, they're a reminder of the worst day of his life. So it'd be nice to have something that reminds me of something better. That it's not just awarded what, you know, people had to die for it. But yeah, it's very tricky because thanking people and feeling like they did something right is something we all want. We all want to feel like we're doing something that feels right, but... It's hard because at the end of the day, are you doing it because of the way it makes you feel after you've done it? Or are you doing it because it is the right thing to do? Mm -hmm. We see Carly call Sarah and she threatens her and the boys because Sam is working with John. Sarah basically tells him, I I swear that my brother's not working for that man. And I love that Sarah tells Carly, my world does not matter to America. So why would I care about its mascot? And that took me out. (laughs) It's true, though. She's stating facts. (laughs) Yeah, because we've obviously seen John Walker be kind of groomed into kind of like a a celebrity and a manufacturer hero and the, you know, the image of the American values. But she just like brings it down to like the most bare thing, which is like, so it's just a mascot. He's really supposed to just cheer people up. Oh, yeah. He doesn't have the super soldier serum. He doesn't have that strength that will make him the Captain America. He's just the voice of the people and America to get people kind of excited again. Yeah, he's just a man in a suit with a shield. And like a mascot suit could be given to anyone at any point. Because people are just looking for that. They don't care about who's behind it. Mm -hmm. So Sarah sends Sam the coordinates. And even though he was given instructions to go alone, he doesn't listen. And Bucky shows up with him. And I just love Bucky's fighting outfit. His leather getup. It's just so good. Yeah. (laughs) Carly tells Sam that she doesn't want to kill him because he doesn't hide behind a shield. 
So that's when Sharon lets them know that Walker House found them and we get more fighting and we get a cool visual callback of John walking in with the shield and the gun, kind of like how Steve walked in with the shield and a gun. Mm -hmm. But it still feels wrong. We see that Lamar gets taken hostage and they tie him up and the Flag Smashers engage John and he throws the shield and at this point you're like, oh yeah. He's got that serum in there. Yeah. We even see him bend that pipe. And even Sam's like, what did you do? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so he probably took the serum before coming in here. Mm -hmm. And the knife work in this show is so beautiful. I love close combat fighting because it's super engaging and I'm my brain's just trying to keep up where everybody's hands are. Yes. And I guess... To no surprise, all those knives are digital, so they don't even have anything in their hands. So it's they're able to make even crazier choreography with it. And like I said, it's amazing seeing Sam handle himself with these super soldiers. Lamar breaks himself from being tied up in a room with leaking water, which at first I'm like, are they going to drown him? I know, that's what I thought at first. <laughs> right? Is this gasoline? What's with the water? And I guess they just wanted us to know that this place has a leak somewhere. It was weird. <laughs> <laughs> so Lamar breaks free. Carly is about to give John a killer stab. Lamar steps in. Carly sends him flying. He hits a pillar and he's just like, poof. Yeah. I was shocked. I was Me so too. shocked, Eddie. I was like, <laughs> at that point, I knew what was coming. Mm -hmm. Because this causes John to snap. And he chases the Flag Smashers. He's looking for Carly, but he ends up chasing Nico. He knocks him to the ground. And Nico pleads that he didn't do it. And John Walker doesn't listen. He has the face of a madman. And he kills them with the shield while everybody is recording this. And then the episode ends with the bloody shield. So, Eddie, I didn't watch this episode on Thursday night because I was just really tired. Because I did a lot of yard work that day, so the sun had just tired me out. I am so glad that I waited to the following morning. Because I would not have <laughs> been able to sleep after watching this. <laughs> yeah, they didn't show much, but I used my imagination and it was very traumatic. <laughs> well, not just that. The fact that there is a shot of John about to give the first blow. And we're viewing it from Nico's perspective that it makes it that much personal as a viewer. Mm -hmm. And what's crazy is Nico did mention that heroes don't have the luxury of keeping their hands clean. And look what just happened. This hero definitely doesn't have his hands cleaned. And I'm pretty sure John just committed some kind of either war crime or he just broke some kind of law by mm -hmm. killing someone that was on the ground already with his hands up surrendering. Yeah. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think John Walker is going to get away with it. 
because if the show wants to reflect on current society, it's going to have to because we know the whole story. We've mm-hmm. seen all the character interactions because we get the luxury of viewing everybody's arc and everybody's lines. Everyone else only saw John killing a terrorist. The o- they only care about Nico's backstory if it could be used against him, mm-hmm. which is he was a terrorist. He was in a terrorist organization. They just killed a soldier in there. John did his job. Give the man a medal. Yeah. So I think that, yeah, this man's going to get away with it. But now it's up to Sam to clean up that image of the shield because the amount of blood they used was, I was shocked. Yeah. <laughs> like, I could see why they mentioned that this show could be rated R really quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm like, I'm, I'm in shock just thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> And I swear, if Lamar isn't dead, I'm going to be so mad. I feel like he's he's dead. <laughs> we saw his eyes roll to the back of his head, so. <laughs> yeah, but I don't trust John knowing how to check for a pulse. Like, I, don't, I just don't trust this man to do anything. <laughs> yeah, neither do I. <laughs> no, yeah, no. He's definitely dead. And now it's going to be interesting to see how what he just did affects John Walker as a character if he just mm-hmm. goes with it or if he just goes down the deep end and just completely loses himself. Yeah. So do you think that Sam's going to have a breaking point now that this happened? I don't know if he's going to have a breaking point, but he's going to be even more disappointed that he I don't know, gave up the shield and let this happen because like that conversation that they had, the shield has a lot of history and now it has it's gonna have even more with someone's blood on on it. <laughs> yeah. Cause what's interesting too is Carly mentioned how it felt when they took the serum and they felt like their their whole body was on fire and it was just flowing through their veins and it was very painful. So how much of this is John hiding? Like he took the serum in secrecy without telling anyone. So I'm sure he's feeling all those things inside and he had to hold it all in. And it just like, blah, it just came out in a very violent way. I'm not defending this man, but I'm just showing that his obsession with becoming the perfect soldier clouded his judgment. And now this is where we're at. Mm hmm. So, Eddie, any final thoughts on this episode? I am glad, like you said, watching it on Friday because I told you I was tired, too, from the night before. So it was a very (laughs) dramatic episode. I was not expecting that to happen or them show us what they showed us. But I feel like Marvel is definitely taking risks (laughs) and making it more adult than what we've been used to so yeah it's kind of a good thing what about you it's always nice to get a different perspective of storytelling i thought it was a perfect episode it is truly the turning point in the story and i think i mentioned this to you 
last week after we finished recording and then we just ended up talking later on that with only three episodes left, storyline-wise, it made sense that something was going to have to happen in this episode because I guess just based on telling a a story that makes sense, the next episode, Sam has to get the shield because he needs time to train with it like we saw in the commercials unless they cut that whole storyline out, which wouldn't be anything new because even in the Endgame trailers, there were clips of Black Widow training with her gun. They were nowhere to be seen, but it looked mm-hmm. cool in the trailer. It's got to end soon, so I'm glad that we finally got the villain, which is rage and anger. Yeah. Now that Simo busted in El Chapo, it's going to be fun to see how that goes now because... Are they on their own? Is he just going to be like, walk in in the next episode like nothing happened? And he's going to be like, what? Did you expect me to stay here and get arrested by the Dora Malaji? Like, no, I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> sit tight and watch it all happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm really excited to see where this series goes. And I don't recommend watching this after you've had three iced coffees, because even though I saw it in the morning, I was still on edge the whole time. and i couldn't tell if it was because the show is that good or because my anxiety was through the roof because i had three iced coffees yeah but i'm excited i hope they keep giving us more traumatic experience because those are fun yeah and i think my favorite part about what's going on is the discussions that is going on online for this show are completely different than the WandaVision discussions. I, I feel that the WandaVision was all theories who's Ma- and who's Mephisto. <laughs> <laughs> and now the discussion for this one has become about the military and systemic racism and systemic poverty. And now with this whole thing with John Walker, seeing people defending him and saying that he did nothing wrong, or it's about time someone does this to, the villains in the show after we've seen all the evidence we can't expect people in the show that only saw that clip of john killing a terrorist won't also see him as not doing anything wrong Mm -hmm. it's like the show is really putting on a mirror and being like all right everybody it's fictional but we're showing real life events and the people saying that this show is being over dramatic or it's being proven by those same people saying that this show is being over dramatic that they're really not. Yeah. And I really didn't think Marvel would ever do something like this. And I'm glad that they are. I'm glad that they're taking a risk with Disney Plus and now I'm even more excited for all the shows coming up. Yes. And with that I have been your host Irving. And your host Eddie. And this has been Discussing Marvel, a Falcon and the Winter Soldier after show. Please be sure to leave us a review, and if you have, thank you so much. Share us with your Marvel-loving friends and help us get discovered. And join us next week as we discuss Episode 5 of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier.